0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curbison. Joined with Reed Bacon. We got a great one today. We're talking about some updated Transfer Portal news uh, going on with the Vols. A new NCAA constitution that might help us out with the bowl ban. And then we play a little game. Uh, we go over some scenarios. We ask each other, what, what would we do? Uh, would you rather? A start, cut, and bench. And a um, ranking. So we give each other five things and we rank them one through five. So... Real fun podcast, uh, great time, and uh, let's jump into it.
1: the game, snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, reed. No, sir, reed. Final score, Tennessee 20,
0: Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Loads. Loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught oh, Tennessee. Tennessee will. by Tennessee. Jawan Jennings.
1: Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. the 35 to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pence. Touchdown on play number one.
0: Okay, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You got to go there to bet on any games. Listen, football, full swing. We're getting into bowl games. We're getting into college football playoffs. It's getting a later half of the NFL, you know, maybe some playoffs coming up. Basketball's in full swing. NBA, college basketball, now just starting up. To make all those games more exciting, you got to bet on them. Put some money down. It really gets the adrenaline going. So for stats, for odds, for spreads, everything that you need, betonline.ag is the place to go. Uh, Right now, they've just updated their um, desktop version of their website. So it looks brand new. So go there or on your mobile device. And when you sign up, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you use code BELIEVE50, that's bleav Five zero, So make sure and use that when you when you first sign up and you receive that 50% welcome bonus, which is just, hey, it's extra money. Why wouldn't you do it? Um, so head on over to uh, betonline.ag. It's it's the best place to do any bets. Um, it's just the best sports book out there. So go on over. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Um, looking forward to this podcast. Very excited got my titans gear on today. Um, today is Saturday so you know for the boys let's let's go get this victory versus the Bengals. Uh first Reed, how we doing, bud? Let's go, baby. <laughs> I'm so
1: happy. I'm I'm first off, I'm just so juiced. I am um, growing up. I took Okay. So growing uh, I mean, I'm a huge balls fan, huge, huge balls fan. And I am an absolute huge Titans fan. If you had to make me pick, it would be very, very difficult, but I sometimes still feel like I'm maybe just the slightest bit more connected to the Titans. And it was all because at that time, I was growing up in Nashville. I was born in Knoxville. My family and I moved to Nashville when I was, you know, six months old, whatever. And so I grew up there and, It's so hard for me to explain to people here in Knoxville. And it used to make me so mad in high school and in middle school and all this stuff. Everyone was Colts fans because of Peyton Manning. And it was just so infuriating me. I'm like, I get it, like, but he's just one person. Like, this is our state team. And so you would walk into like a Weigels or a pilot and you would see like vol stuff. And then you would see Colts stuff. And it's just like it would just make me so frustrated. But people didn't understand that when I lived there is when the Titans came and it took over the city. And I've heard all this stuff over the past five, six, seven years, and it had a little bit of run this year about the Titans fans aren't that great or, you know, they don't have a great backing. And there were those years of, you know, Packers and Steelers and Cowboys and Eagles and all these big fan bases when they come to Nashville, they take over the stadium. But I just want people to know that, like, when it started, it was the biggest deal in the world. When they came and they did a year's, the Oilers, then they came to the Titans. Like every Sunday, the place was packed. The Delphia Coliseum was packed. It was always sold out. I think the Titans had the longest run in the NFL for being sold out. And so I say all that to say when I was younger, I took every game to heart. Like this is so embarrassing, but it is true. I remember I was in seventh grade at Sacred Heart, and I was watching. I still remember it. It was the Titans versus the Miami Dolphins, first game of the year. And we lost, and I I started tearing up as a seventh grader, and it was just the first game of the year. So, like, I I just love it. And so it's funny because now, during the regular season, I'll let myself get a little fired up, but my main thing is, hey, just make it to the dance. Like, win the division, make it to dance. So now today, your boy is super juiced, super excited. Like, I'm not going to have my phone on me during the game. Like, I'm just locked in, and I couldn't be more happy to watch a team that swarms on defense, that eats up on people, that runs the ball, that tests manhood. And then I say all that to say, Kyler, what dollar amount would you pay to be on the Tennessee Titans, get your name called running out of the smoke, and just number 77 for your Tennessee Titans from the University of Tennessee Kyler, like, what would you pay to be the starting, uh, you know, right tackle today?
0: Um, I would give up my salary. <laughs> I would give yeah. up my NFL salary that year. Like, I would play for free is what I'm saying, just to be on the top. Like, that was – I remember the first time I really figured out who the Titans were. I was a kid, and I remember asking my mom, like, hey, who – like, who do I root for? Like, I didn't know in the NFL, like, I knew Tennessee, you know, my mom's dad played there and went there, so it was always integrated. Um, But then I asked my mom, I was like, does Tennessee have an NFL team? She's like, yeah, it's the Titans. And I could have been, like, eight or something. And, uh, no, actually, I would have been, like, ten-ish. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay." thinking, "Okay, I need to root for them. So I like looked up like videos and stuff and found like this documentary on the 1999 season going to the Super Bowl. And so I start watching it. And I mean, it's just captivating talking about all these wins, talking about, you know, getting through the playoffs, getting to the Super Bowl. I remember like they got to the Super Bowl. And she had said they never won the Super Bowl. And I, I went to her, I was like, mom, you said they didn't win. She goes, well, just keep watching. (laughs) And, uh, finally got to see the actual play. Um, the one yard away from winning just crushed as a 10 year old. And I've been a fan for 45 minutes. (laughs) 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 So that was my introduction to Titans lore. Um, and it has been an up and down roller coaster ever since. But people that don't know at home, um, when we were in high school, it was CJ 2K.
1: I was just it, about I brought. I was just about to say. And it me. was okay. Lindo White
0: and yeah. uh, the running back tandem. They had that handshake, and yeah. me and Reed adopted that. And every time we passed each other in the hallway, we did that. Bap bap, double dap. Every time. Uh, every so single funny. time so it is wait what was it they also did a they also did a bow yeah i think at one point so we yeah we're, me and reed have uh actually kind of started our relationship being yes. titans fans
1: I, i'm so happy you brought it up because i was going to say the same thing i remember i was a sophomore you were a freshman we were working out and uh it was funny to say because my buddies and i were like giving you a hard time and stuff and like messing with you but then you know, it was that sophomore year, I guess, or whatever it was, uh, and we were in biology class, or maybe you were a sophomore, I, was junior, I don't really remember, but that's when we, like, started talking and hanging out and, like, being good buddies, and we were big Titans fans. And, yes, like, I will always remember, we we could have been running late to class. We could have been, like, walking, and people were behind me, people were behind you, and, like, we would stop, do the dap up, and we would always talk Titans. And, yeah, it really probably was, like, how we kind of started and then obviously we were both big
0: Tennessee fans and so yeah uh, and, and uh and then when we played JV together my sophomore yeah. year junior that we yeah. were like Keith Bullock and uh, Albert Hainsworth, Albert that's Hainsworth. We, yeah that's what yeah. we said we're out there
1: it was yeah it was uh yeah it was it was so awesome I remember that I I still remember like CJ2K like whenever he would score he would do his ha 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 like yeah. something around that and I just like I love that. Like, it was it was actually really really funny uh, when I was living in Nashville probably two years ago. Yeah, probably about two two and a half three years ago. We were playing in a men's play football league in Williamson County, uh, the Williamson County Rec, and um, we we had a great we had a great squad. My buddies and I did, and we showed up one day, and we were playing. We didn't know at the time, but we were playing Chris Johnson, his brother's team. So we're at the game, bro, and they got like there's like 30 people there to watch them play. Um, and I'm getting out of my car and I look over and I, I look at Logan because he and I rode together. And I said, bro, that's Chris Johnson. He's like, what? And I was like, that's Chris Johnson just got out of that car. And he was like, oh my gosh. So then a couple of our other teammates came over and I was like, Hey guys, we're playing Chris Johnson today. And they're like, what? And, and then like, we looked over and it was him. Obviously he wasn't playing, but it was a funny joke because like, well, you know what I mean? But it was great. It was so funny. And so I told them, I was like, when I make a play, I was like, I'm going to hit him with the ah, 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 you know, and whatever, but yeah. <laughs> it was so, I don't know. But yeah, I just wish people knew that didn't grow up in Nashville, how that city just, I mean, I remember being in fourth grade or fifth grade when we went to the Super Bowl and we had, a, they, we had Titans days at school where you got to wear your jersey stuff. We had like a day off of school for like, you know, I mean, it was just, it, it, it took over the city incredible fans. And people forget the Titans had a nice little run, like a couple AFC championships, couple deep playoff runs. I mean, really from when they started to about five, six, seven years, I mean, we were consistently battling, you know, for for the, the uh, one seed or for a, a playoff and then for the Super Bowl. And another fun fact to kind of turn this over, the score of the national championship game when Tennessee beat Florida State was 23-16 the titans lost the
0: super bowl to the rams 23-16. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like right at next least, to each other least, too. It was it, like a like karma. Said, yeah,
1: at least hey, at least we were on the right side of one of them.
0: Exactly. Um all right, so uh enough of our titans fandom. Uh let's go with the boys, but uh let's get into some Tennessee news. Um first up, we talked about this two podcasts ago because that's when it was happening and we recorded two that day but Tyler baron coming back now we said it on the podcast that it was a possibility he would come back um i I think it was I think it was something had happened apparently I saw that they were letting go of his dad um, and he was upset about it but then his dad told him like no you got to stay. Like, this is not a personal thing. Like you should stay here. Uh, which it literally just reiterates what we talked about, like how great of a guy he is um, and how nice he was to us. Like, I mean, that's a good, Coach that's Jabbert a good dad.
1: Talking about. Coach Abernathy, a good guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So um, glad to have him back. Glad that he is back. I think he will help the team tremendously and being an older guy helps too um moving guys along and then the next one uh isaiah is the wide receiver that we thought we were getting and now he's going to texas um in my opinion i don't think this is a smart idea for him i i, I think maybe he suspects he'll get more money in nil stuff like in a bigger city but He's not going to get more catches, more yards. Like He's not going to be in a better offense. I know Sarkeesian did amazing things at Alabama and all that kind of stuff. But what Josh Heupel was able to do with what everyone assumed was nobody, I mean, it it kind of speaks for itself.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to hit on both those. Yeah, it was so funny. We, we recorded both those pods, and, like, literally, I think it was later that day, I was on the golf course walking uh, the dog or maybe the next day, and I see that Tyler Barron's back, and I texted you, and we were, like, smiley, like, you know, laughing emojis, like, but we were like, hey, we said it on the pod. Like, you know, you said it perfectly. The door swings both ways, and just because someone enters doesn't mean that they can't come back. And so, yeah, I mean, if if that's the case that Abernathy was like, son, you need to stay here. You need to, you don't need to move. Like this is a good place for you. Like you need to be under Gardner. Like kudos to him. I respect that. Instead of being like, yeah, F them. Like we're going somewhere else. It also could have been the fact that they did want to try to get money. And they said, Hey, we'll throw you a bone here. We'll keep you, give you some money to stay here. Um, I said, it wasn't um, a huge loss. So, you know, but like I'm, I'm happy that he's back. Like, you know, I mean, if, as long as you can keep some of your better players, that's always a good thing. Um, I just wasn't going to be like heartbroken over it. Same thing with this wide receiver man. Vault Twitter just cracks me up. Like, this guy commits, and everyone's like immediately like like hit Hooker and Tillman and this guy and Jabari Small. It's like watch out, you know. And then like he gets like a cajillion retweets. It's like what, like. <laughs> like okay and then and then like it's funny because he's committed and like okay great he's committed that's awesome and then it's like he's still taking visits I'm like hmm it's a little sketchy like all right are you just doing the thing that you and I've talked about before like commit somewhere and you know you're not going to go to a a Stanford or you know you're not going to go to an Oregon but you at least want to just take a cool visit and just see what it's like but then like I guess he is a Texas kid so it's like he ends up at Texas and like I don't really care because he is a receiver. Like I feel great about our receivers next year. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, I mean,
0: you've talked about it. though, like skill positions are. I mean, you can get anybody in to a the skill old, position. Like most important, right. the the hardest hits are the linemen.
1: Right, and that's and that's what I was going to say. Once again, I'll repeat it again. I know they're getting tired of hearing it, but if it had been a outside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, inside backer, you know, a D lineman, offensive lineman. Then yeah, I'd been like, well, that stinks. Like, but unless this guy ends up as like a top twenty or first round draft pick, or like he's like somehow, you know, at you know in in New York for like the Heisman because he's like the next Devonte Smith, then like yeah, I would be bummed. But like that ain't gonna happen. And like the thing is, like, have fun at Texas. Like, have fun losing to Kansas. It's so funny because I, Texas does everything they can to win. Like I, I respect them. Like. I mean, they're given. They're given. If you're a scholarship lineman, you get a fifty thousand dollars salary. Like they're going to do those boosters and that oil money and all that Texas money. They're going to do everything they can to win, and it's just going to be that much more like funny. I feel bad for for my buddy uh, Bailey, but like it's still going to be that much more funny when they just they don't end up ever competing at the level that they think they should be. So um, you know, it is what it is. It, you know, it, unless he's great in a couple of years, I'm not going to care about it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think Texas and Oklahoma both have uh, quite the awakening. Road ahead. Uh, quite quite a smack in the face coming when they come to the SEC and understand how we play football. Um, I yeah. just I'm like, dude, I, I don't know if you guys get this. Like you you don't you don't yeah. get it. Like you've never had to experience what this is like. Uh, I mean. We've had the th- the past three national champions are all from the SEC and they're all three different teams. Let me let me ask you this. I got I got two questions for you
1: as we're still talking about the transfer portal. What did you think about Harrison Bailey ending up at UNLV? And then what do you think about? Are you nervous or worried that Tennessee might not be doing more in the transfer portal, or that like we're not doing as much NIL? You know, like I had some buddies. It was very funny. We were on Xbox Live, and I had a buddy that was like you know texas is out there got bp and like exxon or whoever and we got moonshine cookies
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that yes that is uh a disadvantage that we have for sure there are a lot more wealthy people in texas um that are willing to go with the longhorns but uh, I think it's very much on your own as a player. Um, I think you can only do so much as a program where it's like, Hey, I'm going to get you connected with this person and that person, or like, but these players, we said it when NIL first happened, but like they are in a whole different world. They, they, they have to continually promote themselves um, and make themselves relevant. I struggle with it now on social media, just trying to like, make this podcast relevant, make it to where people would, you know think I'm funny or want to follow me or anything like that. And these kids have to do it while also playing football while also going to school, and make it to where people want to buy things because they have them. That is the most important part of it. Um, companies that are outside of your boosters will not touch you unless you can bring something to them. Hell. Even boosters aren't going to touch a random offensive, like, you know, a random center on the team when they can get the quarterback. And the quarterback is what makes their business grow. I'm just saying a lot of these giants that might be in Texas or in Tennessee that run a very successful business know I'm not going to waste my damn time on someone who's not going to get things from me. Even though they are huge fans of the college, they're not going to waste their time on dudes. So as a player, you got to step your shit up. Like you have to, you have to be the most popular person that you can so that companies like this will come to you. So I think a lot of it is pushed onto the players. So it doesn't worry me as much like being in California, being in New York, being, you know, being in a big city um, doesn't necessarily worries me as much. Um And then what was the first question you asked? I can't even remember.
1: Harrison Bailey, you know me.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Hey, more power to him, bud. There's a reason that you didn't get a chance to play here. Um, You know, I think Jeremy Pruitt ruined that. I definitely think that you could have been better than Garantano. I think everyone could have. Uh, You could have (laughs) put freaking Cade Mays Mays. out there. He would have completed more passes. But uh, you're – You weren't going to – I just don't know if you would outperform Hinden this year. It didn't really look like it, Uh, you know, with us watching practice, also with, you know, how the season played out. So, hey, I hope you do great. I hope it's an awesome time for you. I hope you get a lot of NIL money and play a lot of good football. Uh, But like you said, when he transferred, you don't see this guy winning a Heisman. You don't see this guy being, you know, offensive player of the year. You don't see this guy being a first-round quarterback. So, if that's – like, that would be the only scenario where I would be upset that it happened. Uh, but I, I just think – I just, it, really don't see it.
1: I, I, I would be slightly intrigued to, to watch it um, because of how other people looked at him, like other fans. Like, we're so pumped – you know, and you were – I mean, you would think coming from Georgia, four-star on some, five-star on others, you know, put up numbers, I guess came from a decent, you know, pretty good program. And for me, it was like he came to Tennessee, and it was like, what did all these other colleges see that it, it, he didn't get a chance at anywhere besides UNLV? You know, was it they did like him, but they liked their other guys better? Did they not like him? I mean, JT Shroud ended up at Colorado. I mean, I would assume Colorado is a better program than UNLV. So like even guys like that, you know, I just think it'll be intriguing to see. Um, When I watched Harrison Bailey, I thought he was fine. Like you said, like I, I didn't think he was amazing. Now, please don't hold that to me. I was not watching games back then as as, as I am now, meaning double watching and looking for stuff and taking notes and things like that. And, And I'm a, type of person that like once they started losing with Pruitt and I got invested for two or three losing games, I was like, bro, we're not going anywhere. Like I'm not watching this garbage. Like, it just, I'm, I'm physically not going to sit there and just watch something that's garbage and just pisses me off. Like, I'm just not going to do it. So I just wouldn't watch them. I would obviously check the score and stuff, but I'm just, I'm just not going to put myself through that. So I'll be intrigued. I'll just, I'll just be intrigued. See, see what happens. Um, I'll, I'm more intrigued to see what happens with him than I was with my like, cadence Salter and how he does at Liberty and he's got a much better chance to be successful because of that division of football and because of Q3. E. So I don't know. I just thought it was weird, but the other thing is too, you, it's so funny. I think about that all the time and I don't know if it's cause we're a little bit older or that's just not even really our personalities, but like just these people and they do really good accounts on, on ball Twitter all these different accounts on there and they say funny stuff. Sometimes it's just like generic and I'm like, how the hell did that get so many likes? But then again, I'm also not, you know, twenty one to twenty-five years old anymore. So I think a lot of them are college kids running them and stuff like that. Um, and they have good followings. But yeah, I just I want to do better just for this podcast alone, but like I don't care about that. And I tie that in to say for kids, you either better be really good player, you know, you gotta be a dog and you're gonna have a chance, or you just need to be like a character. Like you gotta be like, you know, like the fat offensive lineman that's not ever gonna play, but he's funny. And there's a video of him dancing or like doing um, you know, like impersonations, just something like that. You know, kind of like a bar stool gag type type thing. Like those are the two ways. You know, you either gotta become like somewhat of a little small town celebrity or you better just be a really good player. So if you really want like the big, big deals. And the thing, what I'm interested to see, and this last thing I'll say on the NIL stuff. I'm gonna and I said it before, I'm gonna be really interested to see these schools and these programs and these boosters giving money out to recruits and to kids. And then when they don't pan out, you know, how's that gonna affect the future ones? You know, yeah. so like you know, they, you know, Reed Bacon from Knoxville Catholic comes out, you know, if he's a big recruit, they pay me a bunch of money and then I go and fall on my face. Well, how does that affect the Kyler Curbersons of the world? Or you know what I mean? Just like and I'm yeah, not a- I, I was just using I was using our names as an example. I was not Kind of recruited i was just using our name as an example for easy
0: it's like uh it's like that ohio state quarterback the uh, yeah tate,
1: tate martell i read that article recently well, not not
0: even that one yes oh. tate martell but is it uh yours
1: oh yeah yeah Quinn yours that's yeah he's when yours i texas. mean he got a million dollars
0: as soon as he got on campus and yeah now he's, now, he's
1: back to, now he's back in texas yeah and he's probably and it's like oh texas.
0: Like, if I'm a booster, if I'm the guy who gave him a million dollars, I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. Like, these yeah. kids can transfer for whenever they want, and they'll just take my money. I'm not, I'm holding it. I'm, I'm going to make yeah. sure this guy is going to be the starter or whatever. Yeah. So. I would
1: almost be – I would be retroactive. I would be – if I was a big-time money booster and I wanted to help my program, I'd be like, you come here and you produce, and you'll see money before you make it to the NFL, or if you're just a hometown hero and don't even get a chance – for me, like, I got a bunch of money. You know who's getting a bunch of money this year? For me, Matthew Butler. And I'm going to make it known. I'm like, this dude came. He stayed. He balled out. I'm about to give him life-changing money before he even tries the NFL. And if he doesn't make it in the NFL, I've still somewhat changed his life. Like, come to Tennessee, that's what you got a chance to do. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, I, when you think about it, guys that – I don't know, maybe even guys that are on the, the fringe of making the NFL and – Setting them up and giving them money would be even more important when you really think about it than the five star who always started, who always was good and then went to the NFL and is good in the NFL and all that kind of stuff. It's like that's an anomaly. Guys aren't like that. Yeah. I'm
1: going to pay you for what I'm going to pay you for what you did, not what you could do.
0: Yeah, exactly. So almost like a reward for being loyal and a good guy or good player at Tennessee. Correct. Yeah, I like that. Um, And then last thing, uh, updated-wise, so just saw that the NCAA put in a new constitution. So this helps us out a lot in the sense they have a certain wording in there that makes a big difference for us with NCAA violations coming up says to ensure to the greatest extent possible that penalties imposed for infractions do not punish programs or student athletes innocent of the infractions. Love that. Huge. Absolutely love that. And that's how it should be. Exactly. It punishes the coaches that didn't do what they were supposed to do and has nothing to do with the program unless the program is in on it. The program is offering stuff. The program is using employees with the head cut like they are no about it. Then it's an issue. Then the program gets penalized. So this right here in that new, you know, NCAA constitution almost per, like guarantees not like us, not getting a bull ban, like us just being okay we fired the coach. It was all under him. Had nothing to do with us. We don't even have the same AD anymore. None of the athletes that you know were here then are here anymore like that kind of stuff where hopefully this leaves us you know high and dry.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. And I and I think that's the way it should be done. You should go out Now, if the coach is still in, employed, you know, if something happens and a coach is still employed, Then you should hurt them. But like when Pete Carroll did all that stuff out of USC, and then he's gone. He flees to the NFL. A bunch of his players flee the NFL, and then you got guys coming in, and they're like having to take the the punishment for something someone else did. Like no, like you got to try to find other ways to do it. So yeah,
0: Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, every school that has gotten one of those bowl bands, you know, USC, a uh, a Penn State, um, it's just like it's. Just it doesn't help anything. It just hurts guys that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. But uh okay. So came up with a little game that I kind of saw on another podcast, uh that uh, I thought would be fun between us. So I asked Reed to come up with his three, and I have my three. So one of them is gonna be a would you rather? So, a scenario that has to do with football, with fandom of us, Tennessee, college football, a would you rather scenario? Number two, a Mary F. Kill. So, most people know what that game is. Uh, I'm going to try and just say F the entire time because my dad has been getting on to me for cursing on the podcast. Um, so, a Mary F. Kill. So, with three people, individuals. Uh, And then the last one, a ranking of one through five. So just giving five different things could be any category and asking the opposite person to rank them Um, and also answer your own questions. So I have like my quote unquote answers to these questions that I'm giving you, um, but I really formed them around how I thought would make it the most difficult for you uh, so I'm very excited to get into this. Do you want to start with the would you rather?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Kyler called me about this, and I was working out, and he said, "Hey, would you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yep." Yeah. And then in about 40 seconds, I had all three of mine that I was going to ask you. So I've had to hold these for a couple of days. All right, this is this is going to be great because I'm I don't care if 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 no one ever watched this episode, I would still be interested to see what you said on this. Okay. So Kyler, would you rather? have the career that you had at the university of Tennessee, or would you have rather looking back on it now had gone to Alabama? Won a couple natties started played well there. You got all sec, just like you had all sec here, all that, but you won a national championship or two. And since you went to Bama, you are playing in the NFL right now. You are still collecting, like you were, how long have you been removed now? Uh
0: so 5 years. 5, five years seasons. From- this is the 5th season, I think.
1: Yeah. So that, that you, yeah, cuz you had your your time it's, with the in the NFL and CFL. So
0: 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This would be the 6th season.
1: Okay. So we'll say, yeah, so we'll say right now you're in the midst of your 6th or 7th year NFL career. What, what would you rather?
0: Hmm. You're a real asshole for asking me on a Tennessee I podcast. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, you know if if you would have stopped at you didn't make it to the NFL, you just you just won national championships at Alabama. That's easy. You would have picked Tennessee still. I know. Yeah, definitely. The NFL part um, is what gets me because. Selfishly, I would love to keep playing football and have that kind of generational money to support my family. Um, mm, Man, uh, dang, this is a lot of dead air right now because I'm stuck on this. You know what? I am happy with my life. So I would say I, I'd do it all over again.
1: Wow. I literally, you are so
0: bald for life, Homer. It's not even funny.
1: I, I was like, I was like, I, I think I might get him on this one. I, and I almost said, I almost said, Bama National Championship in the NFL playing for the Titans now. Like not not mean you've been with the Titans the whole time, but you, at least you've been there for the past year or two. And I almost threw that one in there, but I didn't do that to you.
0: Yeah, I think I would have uh, leaned toward Vama then. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wow,
0: because I would still a, I would still a, not, feel like hey, I I came back to Tennessee, yeah, and did something for the state if I was if I was on the Titans. So that does change it a little bit. But
1: what a I don't favorite. know, man.
0: I I just. I know I know what I had to go through and and there are times that I look back on my NFL career where I know that I didn't do every single thing possible to keep that career and it You're is something did, that I have to like look like... in the mirror and be like hey like you didn't do every single thing you possibly could like you were lazy one off day and watched Netflix instead of spending more time watching film or something like that, and it's you know that happens to everybody. There's times when you don't really want to work, you you want to take a break. Um, so I I know that I had those moments, and it opened my eyes to who I am today, kind of formed who I am today because I understand the work. It has to go into things. And like, I'm even like getting hot thinking about this right now because it it's very like a real thing that, you know, I didn't make it. I wish I did. I, you know, wish I could go back and, and kind of change some of the things that I did do uh, and look at things more importantly than I did back then. But like I said, I I'm very happy with my life. I'm happy that, you know, I got a great friend like you. I get to do this podcast. I'm happy I have an amazing wife and we've been married for, you know, five and a half years. And some of that stuff is lost if I go to Alabama, if I, you know, go to the NFL. Like, I I don't know if I continue relationship with my now wife. I don't know if I still have a relationship with you. It's, you know, certain things are lost when, when that happens. So that is the reason why, I think I'm going to stay with the Vols.
1: Well, first off, don't get it twisted. If you'd gone to Bama, I still would have been uh, your biggest supporter. And if you were in the NFL, we would still be best friends because your boy would probably be living with you somewhere (laughs) and just freaking living off the crumbs.
0: you Are you going to be wearing crimson?
1: Yes, I would absolutely be wearing crimson for you. Just Just like if our buddy Tyler Williamson went to Alabama, I would have been supporting him down there like, yeah. Or if like or if Logan would have gone to, you know, I would have definitely been supporting. I would have still been a you know a ball fan, but okay, you ever would you rather for me?
0: Yes. Uh, so I tried to pick out guys I thought were on the, the same plane with this um, that you would struggle with. So if a Tennessee team that is average of average, they are a six and six team when you look at them, an average average coach, Everything is average about them, so this is like an even trade. Would you rather have the Iceman, Mr. Clawson, at peak Clawson-esque for four years or Eric Berry, the best safety we've had for four years? What, which one would you pick? Which one would you rather have? And what do you think would make a bigger difference? For a team, because Clawson is one of the most—he's the most winningest quarterback in Tennessee history. He has a 14-1 record on the road versus SEC opponents. He, you know, beat Florida down in Gainesville for the first time in thirty years. That's that guy. But there's also Eric Berry, and the amount of things he was—he was able to do. He won the Thorpe Award and was an All-American on a five-and-seven team. He made plays constantly. He was a good return man. He caused turnovers all the time and changed games. He he was with them when they went to two SEC championships. So all that to say, would you rather have Iceman or Mr. Barry? Well, I'm a little confused
1: by this. If we're six and six or all very average, Or am I adding one of these people and trying to change it?
0: Yes. You're adding yeah. one of these people because I didn't want to say like, I mean, you could just say right now, if you said right now, then you'd be like, well, probably Clausen because we're an offensive minded. No,
1: wrong. No, wrong. Because that's what I was going to say. If it was now, I'd take Eric Berry. Because even though I love Casey Clausen, like the quarterback play in that time was so different. Um, Now, if I got Casey Clausen growing up now in this era, then I would take him because he'd probably be a dog at quarterback. But like back then, like we still didn't throw it as much. It was still. I formation, run the ball, hit the like I love Casey Clausen, but I actually disliked him so much when he was here, all because of his haircut. I thought he was a loser, but he was a very good quarterback. But, no, yeah, I mean, if, if you're saying going into next year's team and it's Casey Clausen when he played and Eric Berry when he played, I'm taking Eric Berry, no question, because it's like he was more relevant, closer to this time of football, and you could go put Eric Berry out there and he would change the game for us defensively. Um, but if I could have Casey Clawson growing up in this era and, like, doing all that, then I would probably take Clawson because, yeah, a quarterback at Clawson's level growing up in this atmosphere of football with a hypo, it, he'd, be a, he'd be a Heisman contender.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, that, yeah, that, that's so. kind of where I was at. I was like, I, this is going to be hard to choose if it's just, like, very neutral, who yeah. would make a bigger difference on the team. I almost went with uh, Eric Berry and Peyton Manning. But I thought that'd be too lopsided; that it would be an easy pick to to pick Peyton Manning. Right, right. So even though even though I like even yeah even though I like Eric Berry about a thousand times more than Peyton. Yeah, I know. I know you're a defensive guy. I should have. I should have. We'll 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 wait for the next one because I have some other names in the next one too. All right, go ahead. All right, you want me to do Mary F. Kill first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Mary F. Kill. I'm hoping this is a tough one for you because I thought about it for a while. Um, so your favorite corner that you've ever watched, and he's a Titan, Cortland Finnegan. Yep. You got the next one up that we just mentioned, Eric Berry. And your favorite UT ball player, Al Wilson. So, technically,
1: techni- technically, 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 you're my favorite ball player ever, but yes. <laughs> technically.
0: See, yeah, I thought but, about putting myself on there, but I thought it would be way too easy if I did yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, no, you're my favorite ball ever, but, yeah, Al Wilson. Al Wilson's my favorite football player. Um, Corlin Finnegan's my probably my second favorite football player ever. Okay, but, yeah, so instead of Mary F. Kilks, that sounds a little weird, like, you know.
0: we can do probably, We can do start, bench, cut.
1: Yeah, exactly, or, like, love, like whatever. Hey, so no, no, number one for me, uh, it's actually, it's actually going to be pretty easy is is Al Wilson. Like I love the guy because the, what he, how he played the game, how he carried himself. It's why I wore 27. I could still watch YouTube videos of him right now. And I would put a hole in my parents' home. Like, I mean, I could, you know, if someone's going to break into our house one night, just like, give me, I'd say, Hey, Robert, give me like a minute 40. Let me watch his highlight video. And then I'm going to come absolutely wreck you. So, so, but no, it's Al Wilson. Uh, He's Al Wilson's number one. Cortland Finnegan's number two. And then I would bench Eric Berry or cut Eric Berry last. Yeah.
0: Okay, So you get, you would pick Cortland Finnegan over Eric Berry.
1: Yeah, I would. And it was also just because that was a time where I was, I mean, they were kind of playing during the same time, but I just loved, I mean, I love Eric Berry. Like I absolutely love him, but there was just something about Cortland Finnegan, like coming from Sanford underdog. Seventh round draft pick. The way he played, I always say, when we were when I I, don't, I wasn't still living in Nashville, but this was around that 2008. So the last time we had a number one seed, we beat the Steelers like 31 to 10 to get the number one seed, and then we come and I'm at I'm at that game. We get the number one seed, and I and I go to that game with my dad. We get tickets for the first uh, – we get the buy, and then we get tickets for the next game against the Ravens, which we got absolutely jobbed in that game, but we lost 13-10. Uh, to 10. And I say all that to say the next year going into that offseason was who are they going to pay, Cortland Finnegan or were you going to pay Michael Griffin? And Michael Griffin to me was, like, always fine as a Titan. Like, I didn't think he was anything special. Like, I thought he was very middle of the road, like, just kind of solid. I didn't necessarily love him. Um, but I actually think it really hurt the team that they paid him than they compared to paying Corland Finnegan because I think Corlin Finnegan was such a locker room tone setting, great guy, especially with the city. The city loved him. Uh they really embraced him. So I think it really hurt the Titans that they let him go. But anyways, I yeah, I just like I love his story. Like I love I loved everything about him. So yeah, yeah. Corland Finnegan would be number two and Eric Berry would be three.
0: <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you'd really pick Eric Berry over him because it's also like, I like Cortland Finnegan too, but Eric Berry is a better player. Like, oh, no is.
1: question. No, he's no question much much better player, uh, and yeah, they're not even probably in the same ballpark of being who's a better player. But I still like Cortland Finnegan better. I, I love Cortland.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought that might end up that way, but if, if I would have put myself in, then you would have probably cut Cortland Finnegan. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. Correct. It would have been it would have been you, Al Wilson, and then Portland got cut. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> all right. Hit me with yours. All right.
1: Uh, yeah. We'll do Mary F. Gill start bench cut. For mine would be your teammates.
0: Okay. Your teammates it hard on me.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I all this was who's gonna, it was gonna be hard. Your teammates. of uh, Josh Dobbs your teammates of me. And who do I want to make your other third teammate? Um, oh, I got a good one. Justin Morley, because he was also your quarterback and and he was also your roommate. So, yeah, so the, the, your three teammates.
0: Okay, hey, that is that is tough. You're making me choose between my two quarterbacks. Um Obviously, you're up there, number one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put 27 in the game if I have to. That's what, that's what I like, baby. Um, hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. When I played, Josh Dobbs was the exact quarterback that we needed uh, to win those games, there was no one else that could have been there that would have fit that scheme for us. I mean, you know, maybe a Lamar Jackson or someone like that, but right, he was the only one that was going to get us to where we needed to go. Um, and I love him for that. But I have genuine love for Justin Worley. He is genuinely my friend, and. I think, and a lot of people might not agree with this, but I think Worley never saw his full potential because of the circumstances around him.
1: I actually agree. I because actually
0: agree. he was thrown in as a freshman and didn't get to redshirt um, after Bray got hurt, and then Sims was playing very badly, and we were a bad team. There was no reason to put him in. We weren't going to make a like. It was just it shouldn't have happened. They put him in, burned his red shirt. I think that hurt him a lot. And then new coaching staff coming in really hurt Justin. Um, yeah, I agree. John's offense was not made for him at all. Uh, it did not fit what he did. But when he came in, our 2012 offense would have been perfect for Justin. We're, we're throwing deep balls. It's drop back pass. We also run some powers and counters with it um under center like he is a prototypical drawback quarterback he's got the arm to boot it's just his circumstances that surrounded his career did not help um and him getting injured did not help so I think I would have to kill slash cut Dobbs even though I love him but uh so the thing is
1: the thing is funny I
0: put Whirly Dobbs
1: the funny thing is I put myself in there because I really couldn't think of another teammate. I would have liked to have thought of another teammate that made it really difficult, but I couldn't really think, because I feel like you got along with all of your offensive line buddies, but I don't know necessarily like who was like your tightest of tight. And so really for me, the question was only about Dobbs and Worley. Um, yeah. And I, cause I just couldn't really think of another, you know, necessarily another one. Um, I thought about doing, your offensive line coaches or coaches in general? I think that one would have been quite tough for you
0: maybe. I thought you were um, going to. I really did.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought about, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to do, do that one. I mean, you can if you want to run through those real quick. I mean, of who that would probably be on your offensive line coaches.
0: Yeah, well, I – if it was offensive line coaches – um I had the most time with Coach Mahoney. I had the most fun with Sam Pittman, and I had a very difficult time with Harry Heastand, so I would probably cut Heastand uh, slash kill if I had to. Now, I'll choose between the other two, um, I think I would go with Pittman as number one. And the only reason I say that is because – as a coach, um, he seemed equipped to do everything he needed to do, more than Coach Mahoney did. Now, loved Coach Mahoney. I thought he was great for us. Um, definitely helped like me push myself uh, to where I could be. Uh, but Coach Pittman – somehow has a very weird and strange way of just getting the best out of his guys getting the best um, play that he possibly can by really believing in them and not tearing them down. And which is why I immediately, as soon as he got the head coaching job, Arkansas was like, Arkansas is going to be very good because he has that stuff that people don't talk about as a head coach, where it's, you know, the judge of character, the motivation, the, you know, ability to rally guys. That's what a head coach needs to do, not X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. So I think he has that, so I'd probably put him first. Um, now, I only had two coaches while I was there, head coaches. So it's going to go Butch and then Dooley uh, in that order. But, that, yeah, so that's pretty much it.
1: Both of them are trash, though, so we know that. <laughs> okay, you want to go you – you tell me your last one.
0: Okay, so rankings, one through five, and I did this all around Tennessee. I thought this would be fun for us both to have this discussion. Um, So I picked five games that that Tennessee had, five wins, and ranking them, you know, most important, uh, best ones, most fun to watch, however you want to do it, one through five. Okay, so first game. Uh, 2016, ending the streak of losses to Florida in Nealon, checkered Nealon, wearing the gray jerseys. College Game Day is there. You know we're ranked highly. We, it's a comeback win. This is uh, uh, all that good stuff. You know this the, is. Uh, um,
1: you this is number. What is what it, is number is this? Number one or number five?
0: Well, no, I'm just naming them out. So I'm not, I'm not picking one through five right now. I'm naming all five, and then I want you to rank them one through five.
1: Okay. Of my opinion.
0: Yes, your opinion. Okay. So ending the streak, 2016. Um, next one, overtime victory versus Kentucky in 2007. You know, I think it went into triple overtime and had a – Oh, a I was
1: there. Stop oh, on
0: a goal there. line to get to the SEC championship. Uh, the Florida win in 04 with a Will Hoyt kick, 50-yarder, to win that game. We eventually went on to go to the SEC Championship, at least to Auburn. The comeback win versus Georgia 2015, my senior year, our first win over one of the big three in, I think, six or seven years. So, very important, get the monkey off your back. Win, I was a part of it. it. We were down 24 to three at one point and came back and won 38 31. Um, and then last, the 2001 late season victory over Florida The game got pushed back because of the hurricane or because of 9 11 got pushed back. So we played Florida at the end of the season, they're number two, we're number five. Yet they are an 18-point favorite because we haven't won the swamp in 30 years, and we win. So okay, yeah, okay. So for how me, would you yeah. rank those five games?
1: And and I'm just ranking. I'm not going to rank most important. I'm going to rank uh, my favorite. But in my favorite of those, it's because of the important some of the importance of them. So I'm not yeah. saying hey. So um, I would go number one. As – I would go number one probably 2016 Florida because of just ending the streak and busting that in the way we did. But I'm actually going to go 2015 Georgia. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go to that because it is the it was the first one and it was because of you and it was because of the comeback. And it was a sick, sick game.
0: Now, number I mean, two, there was, was comebacks in the other ones too. So, I mean uh, – I know. know. Does does my playing have like have a lot of weight with that?
1: Correct. Yes. Yes, it does. Then number two thousand. number two would be two thousand and sixteen, Florida. And now, did you
0: go to that game, or you watching from home?
1: No. So both those games I just mentioned, I was actually from. I was at home for both those.
0: Okay. And okay. what, what was your emotions at the end of that Florida game? Because I was actually there in the stands, and
1: oh, I was just—it was just—it was just, it was just it, like relief. It, it was honestly just like relief, man. It was just it, relief. I remember Butch shouting you out at, at, after the game. He's like, "Kyler Kirbyson's back. He's here. He's he's down in the locker room with the guys. He's crying." Like I remember him saying that, like talking about just having some of the guys back that it meant so much to.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I immediately started crying in the stands. You know, I think um, I think we did like victory formation to finish the game. And I immediately started crying. Everybody was just cheering loud and like hugging each other. And I told my wife, I was like, I got to go. Like, I have to go to the locker room. And with tears running down my face, just elated, like wiping my eyes. I'm running through the corridors of Neyland Stadium, trying to get to the other side because I was in the student section. And literally on the other side of the stadium is how you get into the locker room. Uh I mean I just remember like pretty much running to get there, going through like a back door that I knew of. Um and one of the coaches opening it and just seeing the offensive linemen and hugging all of them and going up to everybody and, and hugging Hawk, who's an equipment guy, and like like tearing up with them for a second, and just being it like that feeling was incredible. I, I could I was so happy that I got to be with my teammates really in that moment because they were my teammates the year before. Um, it just sucks. I wasn't able to be on the field during that, but that that game was so, so important to me.
1: It's – yeah, it, it would have been – I mean, it would have just been absolutely amazing if, if you had been playing. It would have been, been so awesome. But, yeah, so – Number two, 2016 Florida. I'm going to go I'm, – I'm actually – I'm, I'm going to go 2004 Florida kick because I was I was there for that one. I was a little bit younger. I still vividly remember it, and it was amazing. Um, but, it, you know, if I'd been a little bit older, maybe it would have been a little bit more. But like I said, I still remember it. I still love the story of him missing the kick, then coming back with the 54-yarder. We had great seats for that game too. So it was, it was just a good time. Uh, I'm going to go overtime Kentucky 2007. And I almost surprised you and put that third because for whatever reason, we just have, we happened to do it one year. And it was my, my dad, my uncle uh, Lou that, you know, my sister and I, and I was, I was young, man, and we went to – we just said we're going to go up to the Kentucky home game – or to the Kentucky away game, and it was just the four of us, and it was a really fun time and enjoyable. Well, then I think that was maybe like my sophomore year of high school, uh, or maybe it was like my eighth grade year.
0: And then It was uh, was definitely high school.
1: No, no, I'm saying – right. I'm saying the first time I ever went, I think we did this, I was like in eighth grade. Uh, And then 2007 would have been like I was a sophomore – And we went back and we added to the group, like my cousins went. And so it became a thing. And then, so I remember that game and it was amazing. And I was sitting with Lou and it was, it was awesome. And so I'll always remember that because of the family tie. And then we actually went back again and we added my buddy Tyler or our buddy Tyler and and Jack with my family again. So we kept adding to the group. Um, And that game was a hell of a game too. That one was when I think we won and, like double OT. Um, so it was another overtime game. And uh, we were actually on TV because I remember that was like our senior year of high school. And I remember Coach Maddox, who's our coach at Catholic, like, said, hey, I saw you. He's like, I saw you on TV after Tennessee one." He's like, why were you wearing eye black? <laughs> <laughs> and so my eye black that I used for our high school get season, where I would do my eye black for the football games, was just in my Yukon, the the car I drove we drove the Yukon up there. And so it's a joke. I told Tyler and Jack, I was like, I'm going to put this, I was wearing like, I wasn't dressed up like a crazy outfit. I was wearing, I swear probably like khakis and like a jacket and like, you know, just a Tennessee sweatshirt. So it wasn't like, I was like really getting in. So then it's just a random, you know, I the, the comb over with, with a random thing. So that was funny. But um <laughs> But yeah, so those Kentucky trips ended up great. It was funny. We actually came up there and we saw you your red shirt year. That was the horrendous year where we lost when they had the quarterback and receiver. We, it was Mark, like Tyler and his dad went. It was you know Lee and Liz, my sister, uncle Jack, and we ran into you and and Anthony. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, that that Kentucky away trip was a really fun time for us for a lot of years. And then lastly, it was an amazing year. And it was an amazing game. And I still remember Travis Stevens busting it and us, but it was just I was just so much younger then. So like that's why it would be number five for me.
0: Yeah. I uh I am almost on par with you. Um I remember I remember well <laughs> I would put 2015 Georgia number one because I played in that one. And right. it was a very big game for us especially close losses to Oklahoma and Arkansas and just kind of getting that off of our back and, and close loss to Florida also. Um, so just kind of turning the season and, and having that victory to finish. Um, I would go 2016 Florida number two because of all the things I said, uh, the crying, the emotions that went with it. I would go um, – the overtime victory versus Kentucky in 07. I remember watching that entire game. I remember watching the play when it happens, knowing that if we did win, I got the chance to go to the SEC championship. Uh, and I was actually there when we played LSU in 07. Um, and I would say the 04 to 07 was like w- when I was the biggest Tennessee fan. Uh and that one was incredible. Like I remember, just like running through the house with excitement, uh, doing fifty push-ups in a row <laughs> after they won, uh, because that was uh, Ray's uh, way of um, motivating me to work out. I guess. It's <laughs> like, why don't you use that energy for something important and do some push-ups? So. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, oh gosh
0: so did, did did 50 push-ups after that uh so that one is is up there I, I remember being so excited for that I'm going to put the even though like the 04 to07 was the time i I'm going to put that 2001 win because I think that was when I really started to be like oh this is Tennessee football this is how we are like I kind of remember the national championship, but I was only like five, six. Um, that was like, I remember it, you know, 30 years since we won in the swamp, like we can never win down there. We're able to go down there and, and, and beat them and, and, and Clawson being there. And like just the lore of Tennessee football that was after that happened, you know, in my eyes and, and who we were, um, You know, and then it kind of, like, led into that where, like, you know, I think it was 04 we started the season ranked number five or four. Like, we were in the top five, and it was like, oh, wow. Like, like Tennessee is that kind of team. And then the Florida win, the kick, I would put number five. Uh, Still very – I mean, just an awesome victory. The redemption for Will Hoyt and the fact that that – I mean, that pretty much sealed our fate in going to the SEC championship uh it always does with Florida so right right and like those the 01 and 04 wins over Florida were so important because of how much Florida took away from us in the 90s like yeah SEC championships that they got um national championships that they got that we didn't because they were just killing it back then and right. and you know Peyton was never able to beat them so that, that definitely felt good to, to be able to you know get to the SEC championship because we beat them. All right guys, uh, really sorry, but we had some technical difficulties uh, when Reed was about to go into his one through five ranking. Um, you know the, the things he was going to give me. He, he wasn't even really prepared so it's okay. Um, but just wanted to say thank you so much. wrap this podcast up. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening, watching. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please like, subscribe, notification bell, turn it all on. You know, it really helps the algorithm helps get us out there uh, on your podcast platforms. If you're, you know, listening on there, please follow, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff that helps. Follow us on social media at Kyler Kurbison, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, at rbacon26 on Twitter for read, at Believe in Tennessee for our main account. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, Football at gmail.com. Also, uh, 865-322-9232 is our number. So you can text or call that and uh, ask us some questions. Um, but uh, again, thank you so much. And as always, Go Vols!